7.46. Let's turn to the last bit of today's 123 show uh, on this Tuesday afternoon. And uh, the documentary Welcome to Chechnya is a hard-hitting film by director David Franz about the persecution of LGBT people in Chechnya in the Russian Federation that began three years ago. Now, young gay men were caught, kept in camps and tortured and sometimes murdered in a systematic government campaign. Director David Franz works with activists and the people subjected to this terror campaign as they escape to safe houses and sometimes the country. The documentary is the center of a panel discussion tomorrow at the Eaton Hong Kong, moderated by activist Bess Hepworth of NGO Planet Ally. And from 2017 onwards, two organizations were at the center of trying to get young uh, to get young LGBT people at risk out of Chechnya. And these were the Russian LGBT Network and also Rainbow Railroad. In the following two interviews, Radio 3 and Marie Evans talked to Kamali Powell, the executive director of Rainbow Railroad, and also Misha Tumasov, the chairperson of the Russian LGBT Network, about their escape work and also the situation in Chechnya now. My name is Kamali Powell, and I'm the executive director of Rainbow Railroad. Rainbow Railroad is uh, an international organization based in Toronto, Canada. We were founded in 2006, but we do, uh, of course, our work spans globally, and we also have an office in New York. We were founded recognizing that in over 70 countries, the LGBTQI community are still criminalized, uh, and there are laws that criminalize same-sex intimacy. And what that does is that that legitimizes the persecution um, and stigmatization of the community. And of course, we recognize that in many of those countries, human rights defenders try to create safe spaces for individuals who are members of the community, but in s severe circumstances, uh, there are individuals uh, who are facing imminent threats, and in those situations, they really need to leave the country. And so we were founded to deal with that direct threat, um, where really a plane ticket can mean the difference between life and death. Our work is not unique in a historical sense. What I mean by that is that our name is taken from the Underground Railroad, which was a passageway that helped African-American slaves find safety to the North in the United States and in Canada. Uh, so slaves, uh, there's a whole community in Canada of freed slaves. Uh, and so that premise is where we've taken our name. Or you look at the movement to help displace Jewish people during the Holocaust. Like the mo movements to quietly spirit people from danger is what we are all about and that's where the premise of our organization was founded on ultimately it was the need and the understanding when we started this work that there were people in many countries that f ultimately allowed us to determine that we should broaden our work to other countries and that's what we did and that ultimately is what led us to be equipped to intervene in crises like chechnya so if we take the example of Chechnya, can you describe what was happening? So young men were being put into concentration camps, uh, young men were being murdered. Yeah, so when Chechnya hit, when we first heard the stories, I heard it like many others. There was an article in the New York Times, which was based on some excellent, brave reporting from Novoleta Gazeta, a Russian newspaper. And at first I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I was like, this can't be true. And so we ultimately just start to go on a fact-finding mission. And that 
show just how connected we were able to be as an organization and as a movement. I sit on the board of the International Lesbian Gay Association, and we are connected with Human Rights Watch, who, again, were immediately on the ground in the fact-finding mission. And so we were able to learn within days and weeks that there was, that indeed there was something deeply disturbing happening where individuals, uh, mostly gay and bisexual men, were being targeted by a, a state-sponsored entrapment program. Individuals were either coerced via apps to meet with individuals, and so an individual will meet someone on, on a, a dating app and be confronted by an armed militia members. You know, they would be an example put in the trunk of a car, taken to an undisclosed location, confronted by uh, this police force, met with other gay men, and then humiliated and tortured with the sole purpose of getting more names. And it was a purpose to round up individuals. And it was really important to understand in the context of what was happening there that it wasn't a concentration camp. It wasn't a permanent detention facility. Because if that was the case, you know, that's a humanitarian diplomatic issue. There is no way an organization like ours would be able to help. It was understanding that at the end of the de detention, which was normally two weeks, that individuals were basically outed to family members, and the family members were tasked to finish the job, you know, as a form of honor killing. And that was the window where individuals could flee. And we learned that an incredibly brave organization, the Russian LGBT Network, was in fact establishing a hotline in order to connect with individuals. And that's when we first realized that if we can connect with this organization, we can help build their capacity in order to house more people, we can find a method to help them relocate. My name is Mikhail Tomasov, or you can call me Misha Tomasov, and I'm chairperson of Russian LGBT Network. And the Russian LGBT Network is the one of the largest organizations for LGBTI human rights in the country. It is an umbrella organization which unites individuals, also brings uh, together organizations and initiative groups that decided to become a part of a larger border. And the main hope, the main idea of the organization is to create a society in which discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression or sex variances does not exist. When it happened, uh, the very first uh, organization who received such calls, that was the Russian LGBT Network, and who started the investigation of the cases, if that's true, because it was a little bit, you know, um, we couldn't believe first that such things could happen in our country, country of Pushkin and Dostoevsky. Um, yeah, so we uh, took some time to uh, uh, to get some proofs, and then we started our activities in two main directions. One is just to save people's lives, uh, literally. And in that way, we pretty succeeded. We saved uh, about 200 people from that region. And another very important uh, direction as well is uh, you know, to advocate uh, uh, the uh, problem of LGBTI people in Chechnya on national or and international uh, levels. And I would say that uh, there is some very great achievement uh, in that direction, but still Russian Federation is still 
ignoring the fact that they're still ghosting uh, the problem in that region. It's not just a, it's not just a problem of LGBTI people, but in general problem with the human rights in that region. Yes, because I mean, you know, it, you've got to get, you've got to ensure that they've got passports, you've got to get them to an airport, you've got to get them to another country. It's hugely complicated. Yeah, there's so many factors, and we and you know they're sensitive factors, and so we don't go into all of the details, and each case is different. But ultimately, what we knew is that individuals were fleeing with little more than what's on their person, you know, and so young, you know, we're talking about 19 to 25, never left their communities before, you know, completely, not just terrified, but also just bewildered, you know, they were living their lives. There, of course. Uh, Cheshire had a history of lawlessness and that there were, you know, some degree of harassment within the LGBT community, but nothing this severe. And so I think it was the, I think what made it so startling was how swift it was, how manipulative it was, and it was basically a terror campaign. Uh, and so that led to trying to find as many different options as possible to help them relocate. What was extraordinary about the incident in Chechnya was just how much support there was from the international community. And so many different types of fundraisers and initiatives to help us support individuals. And, you know, one very practical thing uh, that people did was donate air miles, which we used to help relocate individuals. With Rainbow Railroad, your primary focus is to save these lives, get these people out. And then do you work with other NGOs? You know, it, once these young men were out of um, Chechnya, they're going to then need a home, they're going to need uh, more support, possibly a job at the other end. Do you then coordinate with other NGOs? I view our work as almost like an ambulance. Like, we're a triage, and so we we identify these individuals and we get them to a safer location. Now, doing so, we have to have some considerations that we're not sending individuals to a destination where that is harmful to them that won't provide supports uh, and so our mandate is to ensure that there's some degree of post-travel support that will allow them to be able to get a start but we're reliant on communities in destination countries that we select in order to do settlement work the incident in Chechnya was slightly different because many individuals did come to Canada and other countries. So Canada was not the only country. But what was remarkable about that situation was the timing. Uh, and the, and the, not just the timing, but also the necessity to keep the information clandestine. It was a clandestine mission for the security of individuals. One of the things, one of the lessons learned uh, from Chechnya is that we are uniquely positioned to support the unfortunately growing trend of crackdowns. And so whether it's Chechnya, Indonesia, or um, Egypt, we are now equipped to have a network that will help us monitor the situation. And it's really important uh, to understand we are not saying that asylum or leaving your country is the main solution. We think that supporting human rights defenders is, and ultimately decriminalization and change in policy is an ultimate goal. But in situations where there's no other choice, that's where we step in. And if we can monitor these situations and provide supports, we will. In terms of the documentary, Welcome to Chechnya, do you think that this will put 
the issues in Chechnya back on the international scene that people will become more aware? Well, uh, I do hope. I do hope. And I'm very grateful to all people who took part in this uh, great movie. And I should tell you that it's a little bit triggering. Uh, So people with sensitive uh, feelings uh, uh, should be aware of that. Yes, I'm, um, I'm aware that there's some violence and also self-harm in, in the film. Yes, yes, and that's really very strong cases of violence against uh, human beings there. I do hope that a uh, movie will attract more attention to this problem because I still think that it's not enough. Now, on Wednesday, you're involved in the panel with uh, Bess Hepworth of Planet Ally and also David France, who has uh, directed Welcome to Chechnya. Also, can you tell me about Olga? Great person I know. She uh, was a former director of Moscow LGBT Center uh, for... And she was one of the first person who was deeply involved in the uh, saving people's life uh, directly. Now she lives in America because of some personal threats uh, to her and her family. In terms of, uh, you know, us in, in the international community, in addition to perhaps going and seeing the documentary or telling other people about it, what can we do? How can we exert pressure? Well, I think it's not just about Russia, but also about all the countries where we still, um, where still uh, politics uh, believe that LGBTI rights is not the point to discuss now. You know, there is a lot of problems, for example, in the Europe as well, like Hungary and Poland or Estonia or Lithuania. We're still, uh, we're still people uh, of the authority uh, believe that the problem of economics or anything is much um, bigger than the problem of uh, a simple uh, social group. And I think that was, would be very important just to make a lot of noise about that, just to pay attention to every corner of our planet, like Chechnya. It's a small region in Russia, but the terrible things happen there, even in a very small corner of the country. Uh, which threats hundreds of people, hundreds of lives of people. Now, with the documentary itself, can you tell me about the documentary? Well, in the film, film you will see how the process of the uh, evacuation was organized. organized. You can uh, see the real people who were uh, suffered from the uh, beating in camps, So you will see a lot of this, uh, personal stories and facts. Now, with COVID, I mean, in terms of human rights and activism and also ensuring, you know, freedom of movement, is COVID actually a handicap to ensuring that that, uh, people are able to have their rights or indeed escape the country if they need to? Yeah, that is one uh, biggest problem uh, nowadays for this program, for example. Because there is a lot of people who stuck in Russia, but also some people stuck in the so-called median country. So there was a country where people was put just for a while, uh-huh. and they're stuck in this country. And that is a huge problem. We cannot help them at all. Because, um, you know, the finance is pretty uh, limited. And we, we don't know how long this pandemic uh, restriction will last. And the problem is to support them, like to rent a flat, to give some money for food. That is a huge, huge problem nowadays.
so they're actually stuck um, in, in a country which is not their final country. Yes, exactly. Tell me about a couple of people, you know, not, not only that side, but also what their aspirations are, what they, you know, the young men or women who actually, tell me about, you know, perhaps a couple of the people that you've met and what they hope to do with their lives. Yes, exactly, because I was, uh, in the beginning of this uh, program, I was involved directly with uh, uh, seeking money for uh, people and also I took some group literally uh, for safe place. So I met several people. And I should tell you that the situation which happened in Chechnya is a situation about very simple people. They, they are not activists. They are just human beings. They wanted to live together. They wanted to share the love and affirmation and that's all. And all these people I faced, uh, they still wanted to have, uh, I would say, being an average person, to have a constant less or more relationship uh, to live in a very simple uh, accommodation but to be sure that they wouldn't be under the threats well those are indeed aspirations that should be valued and should be acceptable to all but they're not uh, in the sense of i mean i think chechnya is the problem from the leadership or is the problem from the general traditions <laughs> If you remember, after the Soviet Union collapsed, there was a great intention uh, for Russian Federation as well um, you know, to have such regions its freedom. And there was like three uh, Chechnya uh, wars between Chechnya and Russia. But the final stage of these wars was were the fact that Chechnya stays in the Russian Federation. And what I can see, I think that it's a kind of payment federal government pays for this, uh, what Kadyrov is doing there, it's a kind of carte blanche from uh, Putin and its uh, government just to save the republic uh, in the country. Uh, and that's why we faced all this nightmare, I would say medieval nightmare. Yes, yes. So you say that President Putin is really just giving, you know, the Chechen leader the right to do whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, a lot of other organizations which, which working with this area as well, especially for women, they say the same. Do you have any hope? The fact that you know awareness is increasing. Um, do, you, do you do you see the future as more positive? Well, I really do help because uh, you can see uh, within these three years we achieved pretty nice uh, goals. At least we saved people. And we still uh, have this, uh, a lot of things like this documentary, for example, even this conversation with you, Anna-Marie, and other stuff. So we're still working on that. And it gives me a lot of hope that someday we will um, achieve the final goal, that there is no difference who you are. You will be just accepted. Actually, there will be no question of acceptance at all. Who cares? <laughs> And that was Anne-Marie Evans talking to Misha Tumasov, the chair of the Russian LGBT network there, and also to Kamali Powell, the Rainbow uh, of Rainbow Railroad, um, Railroad, ahead of the panel tomorrow night at Eton, Hong Kong, on the documentary Welcome to Chechnya. Thank you very much indeed uh, to Anne-Marie Evans uh, for her great feature.